0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Jota misses Celtic's first day of pre-season as a move to Saudi Arabia looms. Cyril Dessers undergoes his Rangers medical and Robbie Dees outlines his Scotland ambitions after signing for Kilmarnock. I'm Andrew McLean. Joining me in the studio tonight is Marvin Bartley. Yeah, no, it's been it's been all systems go, hasn't it? Um, it's always an interesting time when teams in, in the top flight return to pre-season. Um, you know, the transfer speculation that goes with it as well. Obviously, you're speaking about the Jota stuff there and, and Robbie Dees is an interesting one. My uh, last day at Livingston as assistant manager, we actually met up with him to see if he was interested in going to Livingston, but obviously he's chosen uh, Kilmarnock, but what a fantastic footballer he is. Yeah, you're just talking about transfers there. What is it like? Because this is your first pre-season as a number one, having to deal with the transfer window, being the guy that's the, the main man. How are you finding it? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. Um, you know, we kind of won the January window closed. We kind of had plans for, for the end of the season. Um, obviously, listen, some players can play their way into your future plans and some play their way out uh, with performances and some of the stuff they do off the field. But no, it's been really, really good. Um, you know, obviously a bigger pressure on me now because I, I am the man in charge. I am the number one. So more likely to be sacked if it goes wrong. Yeah, I'm sure we'll get into that a bit more later on. But we want to hear from you at home. 0141951 whatever is on your mind. Maybe you're a Celtic fan and you're interested in that Jota move and what it means for your club and what it could mean going forward as well. Rangers fan Cyril Dessers has taken a step closer to joining Michael Beale's side. He's undergone a medical today. Of course, I was talking there about Robbie Deasy's outlining his his ambitions for Scotland after signing for Kilmarnock. But anything you want to talk about, whatever your club is doing in the transfer window, we want to hear from you. 0141-951-1025. The story that was, of course, dominating the tail end of last week was that Jota move that you mentioned there. It looks as if it is edging closer now. Celtic returned to pre-season training today. Brendan Rodgers back out on the training pitch, but no Jota to be seen. It's maybe quite telling. Yeah, I think it is quite telling. And I think, you know, the price that's been, you know, put in the media, I think Celtic would be happy with that. Do they want to lose a player of that quality? Definitely not. But I think Brendan Rodgers will be thinking, well, if players are going to go, then then go now, um, you know, rather than waiting until the, the end of the transfer window. It's obviously a life-changing, you know, amount of money for him individually as a player. Um, you know, I just think a player of that age, he's got so much to offer still. And listen, I'm not putting that league down, but I think, you know, if you're going to go, I thought he was going to go to the English Premier League, for example, and you know, maybe going the Champions League a bit further than Celtic have managed to do. So it, it almost seems a little bit of a waste of a talent, but I think Celtic have to be happy with that amount of money and, you know, the club will reinvest that in, in future players. An interesting point you touch on. People are obviously talking about the money and what it means for Celtic and what it means for Jota, but if the deal is going to go through, will Brendan Rodgers be happy that this is happening now rather than right at the end of August? Yeah, 100%. I think, you know, Brendan Rodgers will be the one forcing it to, you know, if it's going to happen, then let's do it now. You know, I'm not going to wait two or three weeks because he ends up missing out on targets. You know, there's no doubt about it. He'll have players, a list of players that he wants to bring into the football club. And if he is to lose someone like Jota, have a list of players that could replace him. But what you don't want to happen is have three players on that list and you wait three or four weeks and all of a sudden they've all gone. You know, Celtic can't afford to do that. Um, Brendan knows he needs to hit the ground running with obviously what's going on at Rangers and the players that they're bringing in. And, you know, he wants to make his own impact because, yes, you know, a large majority of the fans are delighted to see him back, but there's still a small minority who weren't happy with the way he left the football club. And the way you win them round is by winning games of football. It's the type of thing that can really 
transform Brendan Rodgers' summer plans because he'll have gone in and he'll have had his ideas about the squad and he'll have been told what kind of budget Celtic were dealing with this summer but this will completely rip things up won't it in terms of first of all having to replace Jota but it may well change the the money and the market that Celtic are shopping in yeah but I, I do think that you know when Brendan came to the club this this Jota thing although we've known about it you know for a couple of days I think you know the club would have known about it for a few weeks maybe the back end of last season his agent would have said listen there's some interest from various different clubs and we're going to explore those avenues so I think Celtic would have been prepared for it I think when Brendan was speaking to the club to come back in I think that's one of the first things they would have said there's a there's a, lot, a high percentage of a chance that you know Jota could leave the football club, so he won't be surprised by it. Um, you know he's a football manager and a top quality football manager at that, and Celtic have their kind of transfers in order. You know obviously we saw underneath Ange, and you know I'm, I'm sure Brendan will uh, continue in the same fashion. So will he be disappointed he's a player of that quality 100? percent But it also be an excitement that he has you know a big award chest now as well. Well, let's hear from you at home. 01419511025 on the phones. Bill is up first, a Celtic fan in Jordan Hill. Bill, how are you? I am fine, thank you. Uh, I was just thinking, today's the first day back for Celtic, and I think uh, we should be looking to maybe bring in five or six players. I think uh, I think we should maybe be looking at either buy or get a loan for Gunn from Norwich, or alternatively buy Kelleher from Liverpool. Uh, I think I like to look at the right back that uh, was on loan at Aberdeen last year. I think he's from Millwall. Pollock, who can play either right back or centre half. Pollock, yep. Yeah, uh, Aaron Hickey. I think we should either look to buy him or get him on loan. Uh, Duke from Aberdeen. I think we could buy him and use uh, scale as part of the deal and maybe put Young Vat up there for experience. Uh, che Adams from Southampton, either loan or buy. And El Yanusi on a free. I'll tell you what, Bill has put some real <laughs> thought into this. He's got his shopping list out. He's been doing his sporting director duties. There's a lot of names he's mentioned there. First of all, he's saying you know he's he's maybe wanting five or six players to arrive at Celtic. Would you imagine that it is that many players that Brendan Rodgers needs to bring in, or does it more depend on the outgoings? Oh, it's not. It's not really a need, is it? It's a want. You know, new managers coming in somewhere, and I think there'll be a sw- slight tweak of the system. Sorry. So, you know, I imagine that Brendan does want to bring a few players in, and like you said, there could be a few more going out as well. Um, as you said, Bill's got his list there of players. I'm sure Brendan will have his list. Um, you, you know, someone like Aaron Hickey, I don't think. You know, that, that, that's not going to happen. I think. You know, it'd be far too expensive at this moment in time. I think. You know, Scottish clubs kind of missed the boat when when he originally left the country. So, um, no, listen, Brendan will, will, will want to bring players in. You know, is it a need? No, I think Celtic are a very, very good football club and they showed that last season. The team was fa- absolutely fantastic. But there'll be a want because he want to put his own stamp on things and, you know, I don't think Jot will be the only one probably going out of the door. Yeah, Bill, you've mentioned a good few players there. What do you feel is the priority for Brendan Rodgers in terms of incomings? I, I think goalkeeper brings a priority. Uh, is I that as a replacement to Joe Hart or do you just feel he needs more competition in there? I think he's beginning to sort of drop off a wee bit in the last year. Uh, I think, you know. I'll put that to Marvin then. Do, do you feel that is a position that Brendan Rodgers will be looking at? I think he'll be looking at all positions to see if he can improve it. When you're a club the size of Celtic, you know, it never stands still. You know, you think you've had the best of seasons, but if the manager thinks he can get somebody in that can improve the football club and improve the team, then he's going to do it. And that's why the standards of that club are so, so high. And that's why they're as successful as they are, because you're constantly being kept on your toes. I think if they are to bring another goalkeeper and that gives them four, 
you know, experienced goalkeepers. You've got Scott Bain there as well and Seagrass, um, Hart and then another one. Yeah, so I think you'd imagine Scott Bain's only just signed a new three-year deal, I think, so he won't be going anywhere. Benjamin yeah. Seagrass really didn't feature much last season at all, so maybe he's the, the one that, that goes out if potentially that is the, the position that Brendan Rodgers was looking at. Yeah, I imagine one of them, you know, would have to go out. Uh, you know, listen, a lot of people and a lot of things are being said about Joe Hart, but at the end of the day, look at his trophy cabinet, you know, from just last season at Celtic. Um, but I always think, you know, people always look at different positions and say, well, that's the one we should improve. But, you know, I think Brendan would be more than happy to start the season and go into the Champions League with Joe Hart if he needs to. You know, top goalkeeper, really experienced goalkeeper that's played at the highest level. Where else, Bill, is it that you think Brendan Rodgers needs to target? It's the goals that we're going to lose through Jota. And I think Duke is an ideal man for, for doing that. He's come through the Benfica Academy. Uh, he's a good player, a good eye for goal. Uh, and we need that because it's still, Abada's still up in the air whether he'll stay or whether he'll go. So between him and Jota, we're talking about almost 30 goals a season. You know, you- so I think Jota would be good. And I think if we bring in somebody like Che Adams, either on loan or buy him, because he'll not be too happy about going down to the championship with Southampton. The thing is with Che Adams, Bill, um, you do make a good point. I don't think he want to play in the championship and I don't think Steve Clark won him in the championship. But if he's to come up to Celtic, then, you know, you're sitting behind that man, Kyogo, you know, who's a goal-scoring sensation. So, you know, for Che Adams, he's going to go somewhere and play. Um, if he's not going to move clubs and play, then he's better off staying at Southampton. So I think that w- that's what will make it difficult. You also have O at the football club, um, so I think, you know, someone like Chad Adams will probably find it hard to come to Celtic unless he's kind of guaranteed an opportunity to play. And I don't think anyone could do that when you've got Kyogo in the team. And you mentioned Duke. I, I'm not, you know, I think he's a centre forward. We have seen him play wide from time to time, but I think he's better in the two, uh, playing through the middle. And that's, again, not really the way Celtic play. And again, he'll be behind Kyogo for that kind of number nine shirt. Yeah, I mean, the business Celtic have done already is quite interesting because Marco Tilio has come in, mm-hmm. Oden Tiago Home has come in as well. They're 21 and 20 years old. They're also looking at a, a winger from South Korea as well, who I believe is is 21 as well, Hyun Jun Yang. It's, it's a very specific market that they're looking at in terms of young players that they'll look to bed in. Do you think that as the window goes on, it will start to progress and there will be those more sort of marquee signings that Brendan Rodgers will be looking to aim for. Yeah, listen, a lot can be said for these marquee signings. If they don't come and and hit the ground running, then they're pointless. You know, I I think those two signings were probably made before Brendan came into the football club, if I'm honest. Um, You know, I think those things would have been done outside the window and once the window opened, those players would have came in. Um, but, they, you know, they want a specific type of player, you know, and it's a market they've gone to before in terms of the Asian market. You're talking about, you know, future players coming in and, and it's worked extremely well for them. Um, yes, Andrew's a massive part of that, but there have been other people behind the scenes as well that would have been pulling the strings. So it's a market they're comfortable in. Um, I'm sure Brendan, you know, when he's, the players are, are shown to him, he'll have the final say on them, uh, the future ones coming in. But in terms of marquee names, you know, that doesn't guarantee you success. That doesn't guarantee that you can come to Celtic Football Club and, and deal with the pressures of that place. So... You know, it's about getting the right profiles. The profiles are the most important thing. Signed in name players doesn't, you know, guarantee you success. But will you be sad to see Jota go or is it more of one where you sort of understand that it's a deal that could benefit all parties? He's somebody who puts bums in seats. Uh, there aren't too many of those around. Um, plus the fact that he's goal scoring. You know, he's scored a lot of crucial goals for Celtic. So it's important that we replace someone like him with someone who can score goals. There's no point in us getting in £25 million for him and having £50 million in the bank and then £30 million to get out the, 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 the 
Europe, the European Championship. If we're going to have the money, we may as well spend it. No point in getting out of the tax, man. It'll be interesting to see what market Celtic are shopping in for a Jota replacement because they will need to replace him and he's a winger that gets goals and gets assists and Bill says he's you know he's a player that excites supporters but it's not always about how much money you spend on a player because sometimes you can do a, a shrewd bit of business Jota was brought in for six six and a half million pounds and you know has been sold on for 25 million pounds is that the the kind of market you would expect Celtic to continue to operate in rather than maybe pushing it to the next level and saying, well, you know, going for players that are 10 million plus and no, see from there. I, I, no, they have the money, as Bill said there, you know, they have the money to go for those players at, at 10 million pound plus, but, you know, they come with kind of a higher risk. But, you know, listen, those uh, the scouting department will be doing their job and if someone's going to cost 10, 11 million and they believe they're going to come in and improve the Celtic team and then have a sell-on value as well, which is an important thing. You know, Celtic don't just go and spend money willy-nilly. They want to have a sell-on value of these players, and you've seen that with Jota. But I can tell you, you know, finding attacking players is, is brilliant. You know, it's the most enjoyable part of, of the job. You know, looking at centre-halves and, and left-backs, no disrespect to them, you know, it's not as interesting as finding those wingers. And as Bill said, they're going to lose a lot of goals with Watching with players like yourself? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Nobody wants to watch me. Um, but yeah, listen, trying, trying to find a winger. Listen, Brendan, again, has many, many contacts, and I'm I'm sure you know you'd come across some players down in England as well that you'll know of and you know have a scouting department that can obviously look at overseas as well. Bill, a couple of players you mentioned there, Matty Pollock, Aaron Hickey, that right back area, is that another one that's just competition you feel for Alistair Johnson that's needed? Yeah, well I think uh, we're going to be talking about playing somewhere between 50 and 60 games a season. You know, so what you don't want is burnout with the players, so you're going to need to rotate them, and you need to rotate them with some a similar sort of quality. You know, left back we've got a Taylor, but Bernabe just doesn't cut it at all. And I think that the one thing that Taylor lacks is pace. So I think we need somebody coming in at left back with pace, and I think we could move Taylor forward at different times and have four in the middle because he can put in a much better ball than Maeda. Well, thank you to Bill. 01419511025 is the number Michael, a Celtic fan in Liverpool, has dialed. Michael, how are you? How are you doing, Andrew and Marvin? You okay? All good, all good. good. Thank you. Um, what well, my point is tonight, Andrew and Marvin, is um, basically I would go for Carlos Borges from Man City. He's a goal scorer. He would be a great replacement for Jota. Um, I do. I, I believe. I don't. I need Celtic to sign, give Kyogo a new contract and Rio Tati because I'm I'm starting to get fed up now with these Saudis coming to get our players and break up our winning team. Yeah, well, but, Michael, I'll put that to Marvin. I'll let you come back in because how important now is I suppose it's, it's completely up to Brendan Rodgers because he goes in with, with fresh eyes and there may be some players that have done well for Celtic that maybe he doesn't think fits his style of play there may be other players that haven't featured as much that he thinks does suit his style of play but these big players the, the fans' favourites a lot of Celtic fans will be desperate for them to stay especially if this Jota deal goes through Yeah, I think Brendan will be the same but you know he won't be naive enough to think that you know if players want to go I don't think he'll keep them against you know, there will. Also, like you said, that there'll be players within that squad that maybe didn't feature too much that he thinks he can improve. You know, he's, he's a fantastic tactician and he's got a different style to Ange. So maybe they didn't suit the Ange style of play, but they'll suit Brendan's. But as I said, you know, in terms of outgoings, he'll want that done extremely quickly. 
you know, he won't want this dragging on. They've got a massive, massive campaign to to prepare for. So, you know, if players are going to want to go, I think that the agents and, and, and the club would have already had these conversations. Will it come out to us in the public? No, not until something's, you know, nearly done. But I think Brendan will know the players that are, are looking to go elsewhere and he'll be looking to replace them behind the scenes. But I, I, I know what Celtic fans mean, you know, Atate and you talk about those sorts of players. It's been absolutely fantastic for Celtic and, it, you know, his potential is, is so, so high. But, you know, if they are to sell him and, and, and get a massive fee for him, then... Now, Brendan will be comfortable in terms of trying to replace him. What was the other point you wanted to make, Michael? Um, basically about the Korean boy. I believe Celtic were going, to, were going to sign him, but they're going to loan him back. Now, me, Andrew and Marvin, Celtic need guys in who are for, for Champions League level. And also, I think Joe Hart does need somebody to push him because he did get a bit lackadaisical and I think he thought he was Franz Beckenbauer on the bulk. It came out his goals far, far too much for my liking. To be fair, that was, that was more to do with Ange Postacoglu's instructions rather than anything. That was what he will have been told by the manager rather than Joe Hart just coming out and doing that off his own accord, surely, Michael? I just, I just think he made too many blunders. My, my Celtic mates are saying the exact same. Do you think he's, he's made far, far too many blunders at times, you know? I suppose the point that, that Michael's maybe making is whether Joe Hart is suited to that style of play of, you know, coming out and being in possession and helping with the, the build-up play. It certainly didn't harm Celtic too much last season. They won every domestic competition. So once again, it'll be up to Brendan Rodgers and how he views Joe Hart. Well, that's what I was about to say. You know, he didn't do too badly last season at all. But as I said, you know, without being disrespectful, in, in every team somebody sees or fancy like a weakest link, a place where we can improve things and, you know, it's just, you know, magnified at a club like Celtic. You know, they always want to evolve and, and, and the fans at this moment in time think, you know, where could we improve? Okay, can we improve in the goalkeeper department? But that'd be down to Brendan Rodgers. And as I said, you know, if he has to start the season or go through the whole season with Joe Hart, he'll be more than happy because, listen, they want everything domestically last season and all goalkeepers make blunders. You know, whether you're at the start of your career or at the end of your career, it happens. But, you know, a fair few times Joe Hart's pulled off big saves at big moments for them as well. And he's a common influence, you know, the influence that he has in the dressing room from, you know, the big nights that he's had and, and everything else and that winning mentality, you know, that, that stuff is priceless as well. And Michael's talking about the players that Celtic have brought in already, thinking that some of them may be, you know, going out on loan. But we've seen it previously with Celtic, the likes of Matt O'Reilly came in and when you thought someone of his age was coming in from MK Dons, that they may not be someone that goes in and starts regularly. He's been pretty good for a guy that came in at that age. So you never know, these might be signings that come in and make an instant impact. Yeah, O'Reilly's been, been brilliant. Um, if you're saying he's just been okay, I hate to see what you say about <laughs> my career. Um, no, he's been, he's been brilliant for me. But like you said, you know, these players will come in. First and foremost, Brendan will, will look over them. If he thinks they need to go on loan to improve, then he'll do it. If not, if he thinks he can impact the first team, then he'll keep them around. But, you know, Celtic can't sign in players just to send them out on loan. They obviously see huge potential in them. It's just how quickly they can reach that potential. And is there other players out there that can maybe do it now? And then in a year's time, you bring back those loan players. Obviously, with Moy retiring as well, it, they are going to have to bring in a, a midfielder, even if nobody else departs in that area. Well, thank you to Michael. Fans of other clubs, we want to hear from you as well. Rangers fans, maybe you've got some thoughts on your transfer business because your side are back in pre-season training as well. Cyril Dessers has been undergoing his medical. That deal looks imminent amongst some other deals that Rangers are looking to do. So if you've got any thoughts on that, 01419511025. You are the voice of Scottish football. Call 01419511025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard
Evan Bartley here with me, Andrew McLean, in the second part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. We want you to join us as well, 0141 951 1025 on the phones, or you can send us a tweet at Clyde SSB. Some news that just broke before we came on air is that Stephen Gerrard's got himself a, a new job. He's another one that's away to Saudi Arabia, manager of Al Etifak. Yeah, you showed me your phone with that on it, and I was I was extremely surprised. Um, listen, obviously that the money's mouthwatering. Um, not saying that Stephen Gerrard needs any more money at all, but I, you know, I, I, I find it strange in terms of kind of in terms of career. You know, you know, you go across there and, and, and listen. We saw it kind of with the, uh, the league in China as well, where a few big managers went, and then all of a sudden it kind of imploded. I hope that doesn't happen, but I just you know. I think it shows kind of where people are at and where they want to head. I, I just don't think it would be something that I would want to do. You know, obviously I have ambitions to manage at the highest level and I just, you know, I'm very, very surprised that Stephen Giles decided to do it, especially after a couple of weeks ago he was saying that, you know, it was all kind of speculation. We'll see if you say the same if someone puts <laughs> £100,000 a week down in front of you. And get away from Gordon as well, be buzzing. <laughs> <laughs> right, give us a call, 0141-951-1025. Ricky is a Celtic fan up next in Easter House. Ricky, what's on your mind tonight? Uh, well, the majority of deal does go through. Uh, that's fine. Uh, we'll get quite a player to pay our money for him. Uh, there's enough wingers at Parkhead as it is to do. And we've got the boys for Australia. We will have heard and what I've read about the boy for Australia is he's not the same style of winger as Jordan is. He's more than Paddy Roberts mode. And we've had Paddy Roberts at Celtic. He's done fantastic, you know. I'd be more worried, Daddy and Kyogo, I'd be more worried about them going to know so much about Jota. And I'm sure Brendan will come in. He'll change the system. He, he will not play the same way as Ange played. He'll play a bit cautiously. You know, he'll not have... I don't think he'll play with the inverted the full-backs here. I think he'll stick to what he does. Maybe he'll go with a back three. But uh, I'm happy with what we've got, and I'm sure that other players will bring in and advise to replace them. I've no problem. That's an interesting one, Marvin, just in terms of style of play, because Celtic fans have been so used to what Ange Postacoglu's sides have had to offer for the last two years. The changes that Brendan Rodgers makes now will be an intriguing one because his football was entertaining in his first spell at Celtic. I know we've had some Celtic fans on the phone that felt that maybe towards the the end of his spell first time round that it maybe got a bit stale or a bit repetitive, but he's certainly capable of that, you know, fast-flowing attacking football. It's just in what style that comes in. Ricky saying he expects it to differ. Yeah, listen, Brendan will have his own ideas of how he sees, you know, Celtic playing going forward. But again, a, a manager, you know, as big as him, I think he will look at what Ange did and, and what the players did and how they played because it's easy as a manager having your own philosophy but if you see players that can, you know, something else suits them better then it's your duty to make sure that you stick to that. You know, don't get me wrong, over time Brendan might bring players in that will change it back to what he wants to do or how he prefers the game to be played. But at the end of the day, Brendan Rodgers wants to win. You know, he, he wants to win so if he thinks Greg Taylor as an inverted fullback is a lot better than you know, being an out-and-out left-back and, you know, overlapping, et cetera, et cetera, then he'll stick to Greg Taylor being an inverted one. Because I think that one position and that one player, I think he's fantastic in doing that. I really, really do. I think it's a massive strength for him. So if I was a manager going into Celtic, I'd be keeping that the same. I wouldn't change it just because I prefer somebody playing in a different style. So, no, it'd be interesting to see what he does. Um, you know, he's also spoke about Jota and, and, and replacing him. And 
having different types of wingers, that's also important because, you know, a lot of teams, or 99% of the teams in the league will sit behind the ball against Celtic. So at times you have to change your wingers, you have to freshen things up, you have to have ones that can come short and dribble or ones that can run in behind because it's horses for courses. So yeah, they'll, they'll bring in a couple of wingers in the wide area. But as I said, Brendan Rodgers would have known that Jot was leaving that football club long, long, long before we did. And he'll have a list of players that he wants to bring into the football club. Ricky, you mentioned how important you feel it is to keep a hold of the likes of Kyogo and Hitate. Are you quite confident that Celtic will be able to keep them this summer? Okay, I think so. I think that Kyogo was demonstrated that he's going to play in the Champions League. So he, I don't think Spurs are in the Champions League. So they'll be going there. He, no, I think we're quite, we're quite all right. I don't think there's many, uh, the team that Ange had last year, that it's, it's going to go. Uh, I think they want to have another go at this Champions League. And for Joe Hart, Joe Hart, what an experienced guy, which you need. You can you can't buy that. You can buy a keeper. The boy Keller was mentioned. You can buy him, but he's not got the experience and the know-how that Joe Hart's got. And that's invaluable. All right, keepers always make mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes. It's just the way football goes, you know. And if it's repetitive under... Exactly, that was it. It was a winning formula. They won seven trophies out of seven. Ricky's mentioning, you know, there's been a couple of Celtic fans that have mentioned Joe Hart today, but is that a huge part of it, the the personality and the experience? And he certainly doesn't seem to have lost any hunger whatsoever when you speak to him, but a guy that's got 70 or 80 caps for England, he's won the English Premier League, he's played, you know, in the latter stages of the Champions League as well. Is that huge to have a character like that around the place? It's absolutely massive. And as Ricky said there, that's, that's something that money can't buy. You know, you, the structure he is on the pitch, you know, the stature, sorry, he is on the pitch. And, you know, the way he demands from his defenders and he keeps them going and, you know, the communication that he has with them. But then you talk about off the field stuff. You, you won't get somebody like Joe Hart, you know, with all of his experiences. He's won everything domestically in England and now in Scotland. You know, the effect that he has on the younger players and, you know, not only the younger goalkeepers, but the outfield players as well. Everyone will look at him and respect him. And as you said, the key thing, he still is really, really hungry to succeed. And that's massive. You know, so yes, you can potentially go out there and get, well, you not potentially could go out there and get a goalkeeper that's better with his feet. But all the other things that come with Joe Hart, you're, you're going to be unable to replace him. And there's no doubt about it. Brendan will look at that and he'll be absolutely delighted to have him in the building. You know, whether he is a number one or not, that's, that's obviously down to the football club. But, you know, I don't see any reason, you know, to replace Joe Hart now if he still, as you said, has that hunger from last season, this season to continue to play. Just back to the point Ricky was making about hoping Celtic retain players Celtic it looks as if are going to get a big fee for Jota yes there will be a portion of that could be up to 30% that goes to Benfica will still be a huge profit they make on the player Brendan Rodgers will hope that puts Celtic in a stronger position to keep a hold of other big players you'd think yeah you always want to be in control of you know your outgoings but unfortunately that's not always the case I think the next one they'll probably be tested with is Hatate for me because he's a fantastic midfielder at a brilliant age and he's been absolutely brilliant for Celtic and I'm sure there'll be you know, teams in England and in Germany, etc., that we look at him and thinking, you know, he is somebody that fits the profile of what we want. I think he's a fantastic footballer. And, you know, it's one that I expect, you know, teams to come into Celtic. Obviously, it's up to the football club whether they sell or not. But again, I think Brendan will be speaking to the player first and foremost, if a bid is to come in and seeing what he wants to do. And listen, if it's something that he wants to do, then Brendan will think he can replace him. There's no doubt about it. He's a top-class manager. He understands what happens. He understands that... 
players' heads are turned. Listen, Brendan went from up here down to Leicester because the same thing happened with him. You know, so he understands the same thing's going to happen to players. But as I said, he will have a list of replacements ready. He won't be caught short. He won't be thinking, oh, I've lost a player now, what do I do? He'll be ready for everything that could possibly happen at Celtic now. Well, thank you to Ricky. 01419511025 if you want to get involved at home. Rangers still busy in the transfer market as well. Michael Beale looking to tie up what would be his sixth signing of the summer already. Cyril Dessers has been undergoing a medical at the club ahead of what looks like a 5 million euro move from Cremonese in Italy. And it's an area that Michael Beale's really been targeting over the last few weeks. And Rangers in the final third look as if they'll be completely different from last season because you look at Dessers, who's going to come in. Abdallah Sima is already signed. Sam Lammers is in there as well. Michael Beale has really sort of targeted that and thought he needs to transform that area. Yeah, he came into the football club and he would have assessed absolutely everything. You know, what do I need to change here in the summer? You know, he almost said like the last few games got in the way of, you know, the summer transfer market because he really wanted to get going and he wanted to put his own stamp on the football club. Again, you know, we hear about Michael Beale, top, top coach, absolutely brilliant on the grass. He, he has his own identity in the way he wants his teams to play. I think we could see a change in shape for Rangers, if I'm honest. I really do. I think we could see two up front uh, a lot more often for them. Um, but as I said, you know, he wants to get his business done extremely early because he wants to get these players together. I think they're off to Germany on a, on a pre-season yep. tour as well. So he wants as many players in the building as possible before they do go there. And as I said, he'll be drumming home exactly what he expects from them, exactly the way he wants to play. And again, it's a massive, massive season because they want to challenge Celtic at the top of the league. We saw him test that quite a bit towards the end of the season where they played with split strikers with one in behind. But he'll have been testing that with players that maybe weren't suited to it or he maybe felt aren't as suited as players he's he's brought in so he'll be excited to then get into pre-season training and and test these players out in this formation that clearly he's sort of looking at as the one he wants to use going forward yeah i keep using that word profile and, and that's what he would have had he would have had a formation set up he'd have had the profile of players that he thinks will fit into that whatever he wants to move is for them to be strong with their back to goal whether it's you know to be someone who plays on the shoulder and then he goes out there and finds these players you know, what you'd have been testing last season is the boys who are in the building, can you play this way? Because that's the way we're going to play going forward. And that's why you would have tested it with a few of them. We saw Sakala go through the middle, who I thought was fantastic, you know, running in behind. He really stretched the game. And it's something I said on this show before, you know, when you've got people like at that point, they had Tillman, they had uh, Cantwell as well. I, I think you need someone to stretch the game. You know, I know Tillman's not coming back, but you have Campbell in there. He needs space to play. So if you've got a striker at the top end who's not going to stretch the game, then all of a sudden it's easier for centre midfielders and defenders to squeeze that gap. And people like Campbell will struggle a little bit more. But when you've got pace up there and defenders have to drop off, all of a sudden the gap starts to you know, open for the attacking midfielders. So it would have been something that, that Michael Beale looked at and something that he knows that if he can get Campbell on the ball, he's a game changer. He really, really is. So how do we get that space for him? Well, we stretch the game and you know, I expect them to do a lot of that next season. There are quite a lot of numbers in that area now as well, especially if, if Dessers comes in. There's talk of Danilo from Feyenoord as well. It's a, a target. There's going to need to be some going out from, from that area of the park. Rabi Matondo is one that's, that's linked with a move away. Yeah, there, there will have to definitely be players going out. But, you know, Rangers have backed their manager. They've not said, right, let's wait to get these players out before we bring players in. You know, Michael Beale's gone with his shopping list. He's gone with his reason why he wants to bring these players into the football club. The club have clearly agreed. And, and you know, now he's bringing them in. So, yes, there'll have to be some players going out, but... I think it was important for him to get the players in first and foremost so we can start working with them as soon as possible. Well, still time for you to get involved. 01419511025. But before that, let me tell you about this. Oh, you're kidding me on. Oh, thank you. Are they? 
We've had no winners in the last three calls on the cash register. Today it went to five rings again. That means someone out there has missed a call which would have won them more than £30,000. You don't want to see that notification on your phone, so now it's your chance to win tomorrow when we make the next call and tomorrow's amount is £32,300. But you need to be in the draw to win. Enter now by texting YES to 61025. That's Y-E-S to 61025. If you get a call from us after 3pm tomorrow, all you have to do is answer within five rings and make sure you know the correct cash register amount. Texts are £2 plus your standard network rate. Online entry is £2 or call 0330-880-4523. Calls are charged at the standard rate. It's over 18s only. Entries since Tier 1 on Wednesday have rolled over, so if you've entered since she won, you're still in the draw. All the rules for this Hitch Radio Network Scotland competition are on our website, so for your chance to win the cash register tomorrow, text YES to 61025 for your chance to win £32,300. Good luck. 0141-951-1025. This is Scottish football's league leader, Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Marvin Bartley in the studio with me, Andrew McLean, in the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. We want you to get involved as well, 0141-951-1025, or you can tweet us at Clyde SSB, but we like hearing from you on the phone. So 0141-951-1025. Marvin, how busy has the last few weeks been for you? Oh, massively busy. Um, everyone always says to me, oh, how was your holiday? And my holiday was sitting on my laptop uh, watching player after player after player um, while Ailey would <laughs> sit, sit and moan at me for watching players. So listen, she used to let me go on my laptop till about four o'clock and then, you know, it was chill time after that. But no, I love it. Honestly, I love it. I love being busy. I love the kind of pressures that it brings because football pressure to real life pressure is slightly different, isn't it? It's an enjoyable pressure, as weird as that sounds. So it's been extremely busy. Looking over a lot of players, had a few trialists in and it's hard to then say to them, you know, unfortunately you're not for us, but part and parcel of the job and, you know, the boys are heading in the right direction and we'll be ready for the league when it kicks off. Is that just the glare of the sun getting in the way of Y-Scout <laughs> on your laptop? You're sitting there with one of those guys with a towel over yeah. your head while you're sitting next to the pool? I tried that and then, because uh, I had the sound on for a few of the games because I can't watch it inside, she packed me off to the other side of the pool so where they had some sofas and stuff. So yeah, no, Y-Scout got used an awful lot, but no, it was... Listen, it was brilliant. She understands, you know, kind of my obsession with, with the game and what I need to do to attempt to be successful. So, no, it was, it was fine in the end. But no, it's been it's been really enjoyable. It's been really, really busy and kind of long may it continue. Has this, has it taken quite a bit of adjustment this summer in terms of this part of the job or has your time at Livingston given you a good footing for what to expect this summer? Do you know what? What's given me a good footing is, is that when I was actually at Hibs, you know, and I sat with Graham Maffey and, and George Craig, Graham Maffey is now at, at Air United and I had a massive interest in wanting to go on and be a manager and, you know, sitting with them and seeing how things worked and kind of seeing how agents would work and, and all those sorts of things. So, you know, I owe those two a massive amount because they allowed me to do that whilst I was still playing. Um, so that's helped me and don't get me wrong, Livingston and other clubs I've been at, Burnley and Bournemouth, there's always been little snippets there, but it was definitely at Hibs, you know, when they allowed me to really do that. And obviously Leanne Dempster was there as well. So, you know, I've had some fantastic people teaching me kind of the ways um, the ways of the world, but listen, agents still, you know, surprise me with some of the stuff that they do. But no, listen, it's I've, I've as prepared as I could be for it. Don't get me wrong, there's some things I have to deal with on my feet, but, 
you know, I understood that that was always going to be part and parcel of it. Just watch, there'll be some agents falling in the show now, <laughs> offering you something like that. Well, it means they'll get off my LinkedIn instead, you know. They've offered me the next Messi and Ronaldo every other day, so, you know, I should sign all of them, shouldn't I, win the league? <laughs> the fact that this is the, the first time you've been able to sort of build a squad in your image and exactly what you're looking for in the summer, is that quite an exciting prospect to go into it and, you know, actually have sort of full autonomy for that? Yeah, if it works. <laughs> no, listen, it is exciting. And as I said, you know, when, once the January window closed, I, I sat down with my assistant and I wrote down exactly how I want the team to look. And that's why I speak about profiles because I had many profiles. And listen, I, I understand I'm not a Premier League club. I'm limited in terms of my budget, etc. But it doesn't mean I can, can't find players rather that, you know, suit the style that I want to play. And maybe they're not going to hit four out of the four things, but it might hit two out of the four three out of the four. So, you know, that was important to have the profiles. Otherwise, agents will call you a player and all of a sudden you're signing a Marvin Bartley when you, when you want someone who can get on the ball and play forward passes. That wasn't my game. So, you know, that's why it's important to have profiles because straight away I'll be like, I'm not interested in Marvin Bartley. I've got one of those already. So, no, it's a really, really interesting part of the job. And as I said, I'm really enjoying that part. How different are you expecting your side to look on the first day of this season than it was at the end of last season? Is that seven you've got in already? Yeah, seven players in already and, and there'll be a few more coming in. Um, one thing I I want to do is continue the form of last season so you know if we can do that it'd be fantastic obviously we finished you know three points outside of the playoffs I think when I took the job we were 15 points outside of it so the boys went on a magnificent run and that's down to them you know they took on board what I wanted to do with them um, they went out there they worked hard day in day out at training and, and they got the rewards on the pitch so you know we want to go one better this season and you know luckily for me I've, I've had the whole summer to work with them and as I said, you know, the important thing is we hit the ground running once the season starts. I think someone was telling me you've been using a few different methods to see how different managers are working. You've been speaking to, is it Gregor Townsend, the Scotland rugby coach? Were you in at a bank as well, I think someone told me? Yeah, yeah, I've been in a few different places. And, and for me, you know, the way I manage, I, I manage the people rather than them just being footballers. You know, I've, I've had a few managers that kind of just see you as a player. You've got six months left on your contract or a year or two years. I don't care about Marvin Bartley, the person. And one of the first things I did when I went into the football club is I found out, you know, as much as I could about each individual. I sat them down in my office and we spoke whether they were, you know, single, where their family was, you know, were they married, you know, what their home life looked like. Um, and I think that's important, you know, because sometimes players are going to come in, they're going to be slightly down and I need to understand why. At least I can go to you and say, listen, is, is it this, is it that? And they might open up or they might not, but, you know, I, I show that, that I care about them and, and I care about, you know, kind of their well-being and, you know, it's not just about them being a footballer for me. So, yeah, I went in with the Scot Scotland rugby team. Fantastic. You know, I, I can't thank them enough for, for inviting me in and allowing me to look behind the scenes because that's an elite uh, sports team. You know, so it doesn't matter what they're doing. It doesn't matter what sport they're playing, but it's been fantastic to learn. I've taken some things away from that. Yeah, I went in, you know, to, to a big bank as well and saw how, you know, someone who managed over 100 people, you know, how, how they did that. And I've been into other industries as well. And as I said, I can take small snippets from each of these people and, you know, put it into kind of the footballing industry. Then, you know, for me, it make me a better person and a better manager. And, that, and that's the most important thing. Is that important for you is to just constantly be evolving as a manager and adding new facets to what you can do? Yeah, I have to evolve because, you know, the day I stand still, the day I might as well stop, you know, I'm not doing my uh, club a service if I'm not trying to improve things constantly. And as I said, I'll try some things that won't work and I'll try other things that, that will work, but I'll, I'll continue to try different things because, you know, football's not just about going out on the, on the training pitch and, you know, putting the training drill on. I need to mentally stimulate my players as well. You know, yes, I have a structure and I have my non-negotiables and a philosophy and the way that I want to play the game, but there's also things that I have to say to them. I have to shock them sometimes, shock the system, because if they come in and it's routine and we're doing this again, we're doing that again, 
you know, sometimes I have to do random things and sometimes the boys look at me like, what? But they, they embrace it, you know, they take it on board. And I think, you know, when you start to get results with that as well, you know, more people begin to believe because at the start, there's some people that don't believe in what you do. And all of a sudden you start to win games and more and more, more people believe. So as I said, that needs to continue, but I need to do my job as well. And I need to keep evolving. I need to keep the group hungry regardless of the amount of wins that we get. And, and, and if we lose games of football, I need to pick them up as well. How eager are you just in terms of getting back on the touchline? You've been in at the banks, you've been in with Scotland Rugby, but a couple of friendlies this week. Yeah, listen, we've got a friendly against Gretna on Wednesday and then Dundee United on Saturday. And, and for me, friendlies are just, you know, they kind of just extended training sessions for me because the boys are still training hard, you know. I aim to hit our peak when that first league game comes. You know, friendlies are friendlies. Results mean absolutely nothing. I've been in teams that we've lost every single preseason friendly. We had six, lost all of them and got and got promoted. You know, so it's all about being ready when when the season starts. Different managers do it in different ways. Um, but as I said, all I care about is the league fixtures. If I'm to lose every friendly, I, I really don't mind as long as we go into a league campaign and we're firing them all cylinders. Yeah, the competitive fixtures aren't far away at all. 15th of July is when the Viaplay Cup group stages start. So we'll be looking forward to those. Let's hear a bit from Robbie Dees, shall we? The Kilmarnock signing. He's been speaking to us about his ambitions after joining Kilmarnock. Really happy to be here and I see the vision that the gaffer's got and um, the club's moving in the right direction and that's what we'll be part of. Targets have got to be at least top six because there's no reason why we can't. It feels right. I feel like I've done the right pathway. I feel a lot of boys probably frown upon going out and loan at a young age. I feel more than ready now to, to play in the Premiership and um, step up and make, make myself known. I dream of mine to, to, to represent my country. I mean, come on, it gave me a great platform to do well and... Who knows, you never know at the end of the day. Not look to play against the best in the country is what you want to do growing up as a wee boy. And uh, I feel really lucky that I'm able to do that. He does feel as if he's been about for quite a while. Robbie Dees, obviously since he came through at Celtic, but he's only 23 now and it can be tough when a player you know, comes through a, an academy like Celtic and gets dropped, but he'll be delighted to now be back in the Premiership. Yeah, definitely. And as he said, you know, to go out and play football. And as I said, you know, we sat down with, with Robbie and had a really, really good conversation. And, you know, the hunger that, that he has as a footballer to improve day in, day out and to do his utmost to be the best version of himself is, is commandable. And, and it's a massive, massive sign for Kilmarnock because not only what you get on the pitch from the young man, but also off it. I think he'll be absolutely brilliant for them. I really, really do. I think he'll take it in his stride. Again, it will be another test for him. It's a step up. He understands that, but it's one, as I said, I think he'll be able to do. And then, you know, every young Scottish player is looking to play for that national team now because they're going so, so well. Everyone wants to be a part of that. And he knows that if he's in the Premier League, playing against the best players in the country, then he's going to catch Steve Clark's eyes. But the first thing for him is to get into the Kilmarnock team and cement his place and the rest of it will take care of itself. And showing that ambition as well, he says that, you know, he'd love Kilmarnock to finish in the top six. It's going to be certainly tough to get in there, but not many people would have tipped St Mirren for the top six last season. Exactly, it's going to be tough, but there's probably four or five teams at, you know, that, that fifth and sixth place that's a fight between them. So why not Kilmarnock? You know, why can't they be involved in that? And why not show that ambition? Um, you know, they're more than capable of doing so. They're going to set their stall out from the start because Robbie's come out and said that's what they expect. They want to be in the top six. Why not? And then now it's about going game by game and chipping away at that and making sure you are in there when the split comes. And as I said, they've got more than enough good players there. They've got a really, really good manager. I'm sure we'll continue to add to it. Um, but those players will be really hungry for top six because once you're in there and you think, right, if we're in the top five, we're in Europe, that's massive. 
Well, unfortunately, that is all we've got time for tonight. It has flown in, but don't worry, I will be back tomorrow night with Mark Wilson in the studio. Maybe there will be some deals sorted that we can look to. That Jota deal looks to be edging closer. Rangers fans, will Cyril Dessers officially be a Rangers player by the time we are on air tomorrow night? We will wait and see. But thank you for listening in at home. Thank you for your calls and thank you for your tweets as well. But stay right there because next you could be winning tickets to see S Club, something that Marvin is extremely <laughs> excited about. That's with Callum Gallagher and that's up next. 